But first to the UK and a look at uh, British politics. I'm afraid that Ian Dunn has been bodily abducted by aliens and I hate to think what they're doing at the moment as they probe him. But fortunately, we do have uh, Naomi Smith, his, uh, his stunt double back with us. Naomi, of course, is chief executive of Best for Britain, an NGO whose mission is to fix the problems facing a post-Brexit Britain. Naomi, uh, thanks for for joining us. Is it true, I hear a rumour that you and Dunt did karaoke together? <laughs> we did, we did. Um, about a week ago, uh, we were bored, we went out for dinner and we thought, let's go and sing some songs. And I can tell you, whether the aliens heard the the calls from that karaoke booth or not, I don't know. But it, it sounded extra extraterrestrial that the noises that emanated from Ian Dunt after a couple of drinks in a London karaoke booth, Philip. Now, as predicted, uh, Sunak's Tories lost not one but two by-elections last week. What happened and what does it tell us about the state of the two major parties? Oh, it's it's ridiculous, Philip. It's almost like we're having a general election by iteration. Uh, we've had so many by-elections. There's been seven just since Sunak became Prime Minister just over a year ago, and he's lost six of those, including the two you mentioned last week. Uh, one was caused by um, an MP resigning in protest over Sunak pursuing new oil and gas licences, um, and another one... Um, uh, the Tory MP Peter Bone was ousted uh, from his constituency following allegations of bullying and sexual harassment. To give you a flavour of the size of the majorities that were overturned uh, in Wellingborough, that's Peter Bone's constituency, was Peter Bone's constituency, the Conservatives had an 18,500 majority. Last week, Labour won with a 6,000 vote majority. And in Kingswood, it was a 10,000 Conservative majority overturned to a 2,500 vote Labour victory. So the, the Conservatives are not having a good time of it. Uh, some say, yes, a loss for Tories rather than a big win for Labour because of a low turnout. It was incredibly low turnout. Um, typically, you do get very low turnout at by-elections. But uh, what Labour needs to remember is that the Conservatives all but gave up campaigning in these. The amount of internal fighting and internecine warfare going on in the Conservative Party at the moment is sky high. And their activists are fed up. They're, they're not out there campaigning. So when you haven't got people doing as much knocking on doors as you typically would at an election, people just don't bother to go and vote. Also, so it's a by-election. It's not going to change uh, who sits in number 10 holding the keys to government. I commend to the Australian principle of compulsory voting. Now, there was another headache for the PM uh, over the weekend. Tell me about uh, Lee Anderson. Who is he and what did he say? So Lee Anderson is... Well, he says himself that he's on a political journey. He used to be a member of the Labour Party. He was a Labour Party councillor. And in my experience, the problem with people who are on a political journey is that they don't stop. Um, so he, he he left the Labour Party. He became a Conservative MP. He even became deputy chairman of the Conservative Party while it's in government. He's also a journalist. He earns around £100,000 a year um, uh, as a, as a, 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 a 
chat show host on GB News, which is a sort of right wing television channel we've got here. Um, and uh, he's been suspended now um, as a Conservative MP for uh, making allegedly Islamophobic comments on that GB News TV show that he uh, runs. So, you know, this is this is a headache for Sunak because... The, the Conservative Party are very divided. You've got some that are happy for people like Lee Anderson to be stoking up culture wars. Um, and you've got those that know that this plays very, very badly with the electorate. They don't like this kind of thing. Uh, the nation is nowhere near as Islamophobic as some Conservative commentators uh, in the media are. And what he'd actually said was was basically that the country is being run by Islamists. And he, he made um, a real shot at the Labour mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, who, of course, is a Muslim, saying that he is controlled by Islamists. So, um, you know, it, it, it's it's put Sunak in a, in a very uh, tricky position because while he's suspended, um, Lee Anderson, he hasn't actually uh, called him out as being Islamophobic. And that kind of begs the question as to why he even suspended him then. Why uh, do people call him 30p? <laughs> On top of the myriad of controversial comments Anderson has made over the years, um, a couple of years ago, he suggested that people who use food banks aren't really in need and that people could, and I quote, feed themselves for 30p a day. Now, I don't know what food prices are like <laughs> in Australia, but in the UK, they have skyrocketed under the Conservatives for a myriad of reasons, not least Brexit, but but other issues. And uh, he, he's wrong. You simply cannot feed yourself for 30 pence a day in the UK anymore. So he got coined 30p Lee, um, quite, quite <laughs> rightly. <laughs> Has he tried to walk it back on this GB news? Has he tried? No, to... no, he's doubled down. He's really doubled down on it, um, and has said that you know to apologise would be to look weak. Um, now that is nonsense, of course. It's the bravest who apologise first. Um, he 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 really uh, is doubling down on this so far, um, and there is all sorts of speculation about whether he will join um, uh, an even more right wing party in the UK, Reform UK, owned by Nigel Farage of Brexit fame. Who's um, a co Who's a co star on that uh, same on the channel? GB News. GB that's right. News, that's yeah. right. Mm -hmm. Okay, now last week, a fiery session of the House of Commons over a motion on Gaza. Naomi, uh, could we have the highlights, please? I mean, it's the lowlights. It's the lowlights. It was a farce. It, it was British Parliament at its absolute worst. Um, it was it was a chaotic day. So what happened was that... Um, the, the Scottish National Party, who are the third largest party at, at the moment in the House of Commons in terms of the number of MPs they've got, were given an opposition day debate. This is something that is a, a convention within the political system that non-government parties, depending on their size, get a certain number of opposition day debates. They chose to move a motion on Gaza and in particular a ceasefire saying, you know, that this house should commit to uh, calling for a ceasefire outright. This was um, politically motivated, many would say, because the Labour Party is quite split over whether to come out for, for a total ceasefire or whether to have softer words around a humanitarian ceasefire. Now, where did it go wrong? Well, the Speaker of the House, who's a man called Lindsay Hoyle, um, 
who is, of course, meant to be completely impartial, landed himself in hot water because he allowed a vote on all amendments to that Scottish National Party motion. So he allowed a government amendment, he allowed a Labour amendment, and the whole thing descended into complete farce when the government withdrew from the debate and marched all the Conservative MPs out of the chamber, meaning that the SNP were perversely unable to vote on their own motion and and other MPs left the chamber in protest. This has led to a significant number of Conservative and SNP MPs calling for the Speaker to resign, that they've lost faith in him, that he no longer commands the authority of the House. It was all told a very depressing day uh, for British politics and everyone was just sort of watching in despair. I know that many of you listeners are still in shock at the thought of uh, Naomi Smith and Ian Dunn singing karaoke. I know I am now. (laughs) Would you remind us what the Post Office Horizon scandal is all about? It's been described as uh, one of the biggest miscarriages of justice in British legal history. It is, it is. So hundreds of local postmasters in the UK had their lives completely destroyed by faulty software. They reported that software at the time. This is going back over a decade, by the way. And the software was basically showing that the postmasters were stealing money from the post office and pocketing it. But it wasn't. It was just a glitch in the accounting software. And some of them ended up financially ruined, Some went to prison, some took their own lives over it, others have died while seeking justice. And as I said, this this went on for over a decade with a very apparent cover-up from lots of organisations involved, whether it was the software company itself, whether it was um, uh, people within the post office that knew about it. And it was all captured uh, in an ITV drama that came out a couple of months ago, and that put a spotlight on it. And now... Everybody that you know, hadn't been following it in the news or, or, or hearing about it on social media, but do consume ITV dramas, were made acutely aware of just how terrible a situation it was. Many of them still have not many. I mean, we're talking about hundreds of, of local postmasters have still not got the compensation uh, that they should have got. And the most recent development is the involvement of the International Trade Secretary, a woman called Kemi Badenoch who it seems has been caught lying about the scandal. Now, she is one of the favourites among the Conservative members to succeed Sunak as leader. She's typically near the bottom of the public's list. Um, and, And she's connected because in an interview with the Sunday Times, the former chairman of the post office said that Badenoch told him to delay compensation payments to victims of the Horizon scandal until after an election. She's saying this isn't true. But too bad for her. He has kept all the receipts, has written memos to this effect, and he's going to be giving evidence to a parliamentary committee today. So all eyes on that committee to find out whether uh, Kemi Badenoch, the uh, the current um, trade secretary, is going to get into real hot water over that. So the bad news for the Conservatives and the government just keeps piling up. Before I let you go, I was going to put in a bid for the Telegraph and the Spectator, but I've been gazumped. Please do. Uh, do a crowdfunder, Philip. Wh- whatever you can do, get get the cash together. These are two totemic parts of the right-wing British media establishment, and they both happen to be up for sale at the same time. 
Boris Johnson was a, a journalist for both of them, if you remember him. Uh, gives you a flavour of the, the kind of institutions they are. They played very important roles in lurching the Conservatives further to the right. They're very anti-immigration, uh, very pro-Brexit. But when you think things can't get any worse, enter stage right Paul Marshall. Now, he's a hedge fund multimillionaire and co-owner of the aforementioned GB News. He's trying to buy the lot. This would give him Murdoch levels of control over uh, our media. Um, And last week, a a fantastic uh, organisation called Hope Not Hate, the campaign against um, uh, far-right politics in the UK, go and look them up, they're brilliant, they exposed Paul Marshall's private Twitter account, which he'd locked and showed that it is littered with him liking and sharing very xenophobic and homophobic content. And surprise, surprise, lots of conspiracy theories. He hasn't denied it's his account. He's basically just replied saying, well, it's it's up to me what I do. So, look, I don't need to tell Australians (laughs) about the malign influence (laughs) that that, uh, people like that can have on media. Look, thanks for that. We've got to leave it there, Naomi. I'm delighted that you found time to get away from your karaokeing to <laughs> uh, to talk to us. The voice of Naomi Smith, Chief Executive of Best for Britain. Ian will be back with us in a fortnight for our uh, regular chat on UK politics. LNL on RN and coming up next, Amitav Ghosh. On the history of opium. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.